Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, David. Uh, hey, what's What's going on is that every significant thing that we try to do... Uh, they're putting their stamp on it. They're letting us know that, um, at least at this point, um, they're going to be involved. They're giving us feedback. Mm-hmm. They're telling us, we don't like what you're doing. It's a sensitive information. They're not stopping us. A lot of things have happened. You and I and Chris were supposed to be on. It just shows you how hard it is to get people together. I just kind of give up over the whole Christmas thing. I'm actually putting up podcasts that are not even edited, you know, because I haven't asked. See, James, he went to Texas, and so I haven't even asked him to do anything. So I, I put up a podcast called The King and Queen of Israel, and the audio sounds horrible. But um, So I'm going to try to get him to uh, improve that. Yeah, I'll mean, yeah, still have to get on doing some of them as well. So it's, a bit, it's a whole a list of things. Um, you, you can improve that audio on that that sky-centric one with a beeping. Yeah. This will be beeping all the way through it. I don't expect anyone to listen to this thing, but uh, I just thought I'd record it because I record stuff anyway. Nobody ever listens to it but me. I may not listen to it either, but... So but Johnny's in there too. Have you listened to any podcasts with Johnny on there yet? <clears throat> I've listened to the ones on TalkShoe, um, the hidden in the vault room. And I listened to the first one on his blog talk page, but the second one, I can't even seem to get it. It was showing up on my phone as being available for download on the RSS feed, but it wouldn't download. What they're doing, they're hiding it? Yeah. Oh, I never gave you the link. But unless you have the direct link, you can't even get to it. Now, we did two podcasts, and the first one, it, it didn't appear on my computer. Uh, now, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. They, they'll, sometimes they'll hide it from you, or nobody can see it. I don't know yet, because I'd have to talk to other people. But I know that they were hiding the second one, because you said something about it, and it wasn't it wasn't showing up for me either. And I think Johnny had the same problem. Yeah, the only way I could yeah. find it was using an application on my phone, using an RSS reader, you know, the, the feed readers. It was showing up on that, but when I went to go download it, it would freeze up at like 1% and just time out. The old one, I might Johnny, why don't you tell him what happened uh, with you, uh, you know, the Facebook link thing? He tried to put a link to that, on, and Facebook wouldn't, they wouldn't take it. Yeah, sounds about right. Sorry, Johnny, I couldn't hear that. Yeah, your volume is low again. Yeah, now, what they're why. doing right now, Dave... They're doing this. They're 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 taking his volume. <laughs> Don't freak out, man. Um, and they're lowering it. And I've seen them do this before. They haven't done it in a while, but I. After a while, I remember that. Okay, we've had this happen before. 
Mm-hmm. They've done things like they've taken a cell phone and they've uh, they could drain it, completely drain it. You know, they only did that one time to me, but I knew that they did it because it was they did it very quickly. Yeah, I believe that. They like to get into their, into your head, but they they're opposing this across the board. Um, the first show I did on the full pledge thing uh, or full fledge. We couldn't we yep. couldn't do anything, man. We couldn't get it started. And then, um, you know, we had people praying in the background, man. We had Lisa praying. And Lisa couldn't find the room either. And uh, finally they got to show up. And things actually started working. That's what happens a lot of times when you pray. Um, it's like a delay, but you're still able to do it. In other words, they don't they don't win. And but then they knocked mm-hmm. me off the show. And I'm 100% certain they did that because they did the same damn thing to me when I was on Hoaxbusters. And let me tell you something. When I was on Hoaxbusters, I left it 15 minutes. Of all the audio that I have ever listened to that I can ever remember, that's a lot of audio, I have never heard somebody talk over somebody like that guy did with me. I don't think he was an agent. I think it was demonic. Yeah. But it, see, there's, there's a technological yeah, and, and demonic agenda. If you've had him on other shows, he does a similar thing to quite a few people sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think he's drinking. Not quite that, not that extreme, but he does have a tendency to do similar things when I've had him before. By the way, that guy is really boring, and uh, Chris needs to do something about him because he's going to screw that show up. Because that, that show, Hoaxbusters, I was on a, a really good podcast last night. I was on a roll last night, so it's called The Hidden Sabbath. And uh, mm-hmm. dispensational propaganda and uh, the false exodus. I did that after we did the other show. I just kept right on going. I was talking for like five hours, man. And Java Ring came on there. He used to hang out with Marcus Allen, but he hangs out with uh, with with uh, with uh, Chris Kendall. But we were talking a lot about, well, quite a bit about hoaxbusters. Mm-hmm. And I was really coherent. I got more coherent. As I went on, but you know, last time I had people coming after me. It may not sound that way, but um, just because I handled them fairly well. But what I was doing, I was asking them questions that I already knew they either couldn't answer or would ex- completely expose their belief system as false. But when you talk to a Jehovah's Witness, you can use the most powerful arguments, and they don't—they don't even get it. And the reason that is because they're using what's called machine gun apologetics. When you have this verse, they're familiar with almost yeah, all the do verses. This, whatever. They know which verse to hurl back. It's called scripture hurling. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is because they're not listening to you. Because they think that you're you know, you're false, you're deceived, you're for the devil and uh and so they're not taking into consideration of what you're saying. Now what I'm saying is that basically everybody has a cultic mindset. And you'll notice that you listen to these people last night, because I, I got this one guy to think. At first, he totally disagreed with me, and I kept you know, pressing a little bit. And then he changed around, and he agreed with me. You know, But you'll notice that people, they're just not getting it. I mean, going, did you hear what Dave just said? That they don't process it. They don't even, it's like they're not even paying attention. They're so concerned with their own little agenda, you know. They're not registering on their brain. It's really hard to get them to think. And so what I'm trying to say is you can use the most powerful arguments. Don't assume that it's going to work. So anyway. Well, yeah, that makes me looking for a return argument without actually processing what you're saying. 
So how did your Christmas vacation go, huh? Or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was up with, my, uh, up with my grandparents. Well, grandma. grandpa. Oh, that's grandpa, right. You said that, yeah. Yeah, it was nice seeing all the family and stuff and just taking relaxing and nice and easy space instead of working all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be pretty hectic there being a... We call them a postman over here, you know. What do they call them over there again? They're the same postman, yeah. Okay. Aren't you a royal something, yeah, be, though? Yeah, royal mail. I mean, technically... That's kind of funny. <laughs> the royal privatized. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, tell me, Dave, do you think that the queen is a shape-shifting reptilian? Um, I don't know. No, probably not. Just a really old lady. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a good question. I'm going to ask Johnny. I'm going to say that I bet you that's what Johnny believes. Well, I'm not poking fun at you. I tell you what, before before you answer, Johnny, I'm going to tell you that apparently that's what... I'm going to agree with Dave, but apparently Johnny thinks that she is a reptilian... Okay, let me, let's back up. We got new information. We got new information. Um, John, Connie's trying to convince me that she no longer believes that uh, Prince William is um, the Antichrist. She's trying to say that he he's a reptilian. He's not actually human. And I'm just I'm just listening. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with what I believed historically, and I'm gonna disagree with that. So I'm gonna side with Dave. And, but I, I'm pretty sure that um, I mean you're not alone, Johnny. I, you you assume you think she's a shape shifting reptilian, right? I don't think it's that far out of the possibility. Okay. Isn't that what Sherry Schreiner believes? Um, I think you mentioned it before. I think a lot of people mentioned it before. What I would like to do is actually just get Wargon over there and see what happens. But no one's getting uh-huh. Wargon. There's nobody in the UK who's not familiar, but I see that people are seeing it in the UK on the statistics. They look at it. They're not buying any. So you're trying to say that the the, uh, the UK is lagging in Oregon, Oregonite? Yeah, I would have to say yes. USA is I never thought about that Oregon. before. UK, no one's buying it. So if they Usually were to buy the... it, throw it, throw it wherever she is, you know, get those areas. We would see if she shapes yeah, you could tell who's buying it. A lot more if you're selling it. What people are saying she is now. Because if you go look at the picture, it's like she's got these split pupils. Well, that's interesting. I always thought that America was the forefront of stupidity. <laughs> that's the exception, huh? I don't know. I don't know. I've been uh, limited in doing podcasts over here because I had this demonic housemate. He finally got kicked out of here because he was drinking. It's supposed to be a a dry house around here. They call it Sober Solutions. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can actually drink here as long as you're subtle about it. Well, yeah, I'm raging drunk, I suppose. Well, because he was drinking here for quite a while, and they knew it, and they didn't, they didn't toss him out. The guy did all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't want to talk about it. He went yeah. started to pull a knife on me. He actually grabbed me, and uh, it just goes on and on. It's unbelievable, man. The guy, he yeah. either murdered or shot a, a police officer and spent 25 years. This is the guy I'm living with. 
The other guy that was my roommate, he, we found out that he was keeping a hatchet under his mattress. <laughs> he left behind. He, he took yeah. off and just ran and had a warrant out for his arrest, which is totally idiotic because he had spent several months, you know, on probation. Yeah. Why do you want to blow that? These guys are totally idiots, man. And uh, so I'm sleeping next to the hatchet, man. I could go on and on <laughs> about that. But these guys are they're crazy, man. They got a crazy look in their eye. Yeah, so I come across people. Connie, is, she believes that the Lord has shown her that um, I'm supposed to be there here because I've been too isolated. I know it sounds kind of... Uh-huh. I've had problems processing it, too. But I have been kind of isolated. Um, I haven't been around black people that much or, like, the lower class. And uh, it's been an eye-opener. I haven't been around criminal types. I'm around them now. Most of the people that live here, they come from the penitentiary. On the very day that they arrived, they said, yeah, you know, this morning I was there. (laughs) Here they are. Your new roommate, Dave. The reason I'm here is because of low income. I don't live in a ghetto, and I don't... The apartment is actually nice. I'm relatively nice. It's just the people. And the guy that I got right now, he's a really high-quality roommate. He's like mm-hmm. <laughs> a, total, a total dream. The guy that replaced the hatchet man. I'm not, just him and me right now. Well, I actually got this other guy. He's never around. I don't know what to do with, with him. There's days go by. He's not even here. <laughs> That's another perfect housemate, you know. So Things are going right now. But I couldn't even, I couldn't do podcasts because... This guy was so selfish, he would always, well, he's so demonic, he would ask for the phone when I was using it. And I was, there's different podcasts now where I have to give the phone up because somebody in the background asked for it. I was just listening to one the other other night, and uh, I forgot about that. I had had to get off, and I was able to get back on later. Have you seen my my post I just made a minute ago on the group? Uh, No. Okay, does uh, 156 mean anything to you, Dave? Say that number again. 156. I don't think so. Well, when I was up in my nans, I had an interesting dream, like a semi dream. It would be an esoteric 11, because you could take the uh, 100 and isolate it. Yeah. You know, it's just like 177 is a form of a 77. Set the hundred yeah. aside, and you have a you have an eleven by adding the five and the six. Oh, I wouldn't uh-huh. want to push that much. Yeah, I was probably related to the seven seven Babylon. Do you think it has meaning? What do you think it means? I don't know. I had a semi lucid dream where some entity was showing me something, lots of weird mathematical stuff. It's like a warning or something, and. I became lucid during the dream, realizing it was a dream, and that invariably kicks me out of dreaming, and I wake up. Anyway, I didn't really remember anything about it, apart from the number 156, which I've been trying to research. Um, in Bible verses, I mean, the only thing that's going to come across is Psalms 119, 156, which is great out of the tender mercies, O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgments, or thy law. 
which obviously if you reverse it, 119 becomes 911, and 156, then you could maybe interpret that as the sixth month of 2015. I have no idea. But it also relates to Gematria to Babylon, and Alistair Crowley talks about that. It's not a direct Gematria, it's uh, like 7 plus 7 or 77 plus all stuff. Um, and it appears also in a verse in Ezra 2.30 that the children of Magdish, and there's 156 of them. I've been trying to like, research what it means. Yeah. Oh, okay. I should have caught that. I forgot about the 156 fish. Oh, yeah. I still don't, I don't understand what it means, but there's the that's, there's something going on there. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was a warning or just a message for me or what, but I've been trying okay, to... There's people out there that write books. There's a woman out there that's done this. She's a Christian. And they go into great detail about the number 156 and all this. And there's some meaning behind all this stuff. I don't believe everything what they're saying is true. Yeah, I didn't even remember. Out. I completely forgot about the 156 fish thing, yeah. Well, you can put that in Google, and you should be able to come up with people talking about that. Just put fish, and then 156. Yeah, I've, I've just done it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I'll do some more research. You might actually that. run into that lady fairly quickly. I forget what her name is. I think her last name might start with a G. I'm not sure. I haven't heard about it in a while. Okay. Well, I'll do some, I'll do some more research. It was just interesting, because... There was more in the dream, but I can't remember anything apart from that number. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get into Crowley uh, much before you got saved? Me? No. Oh, okay. Came across, him, um, came across him afterwards when listening and reading about, uh, is it William H? Uh, the, the guy that does the Memphis Three Murders and writes about Alistair Crowley and the numbers and 9-11 and that kind of stuff. That's when I came across him. Okay. But no, not, not beforehand, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I posted in the um, in the group. I just wondered if anybody else had any insight on the number and what it could mean. There are also a bit of chatter on the internet about uh, 2015, six months, what's uh, July, about an economic crash predictions. That's about the only other thing I can find. And 2015 is going to be like the year of the sheep, you know, like in Chinese, um, yeah, Chinese zodiac or whatever. Well, the deep conspiracist view is that all calendars are from the Illuminati. It doesn't matter what country. Oh yeah, but <clears throat> then you attach that, to the scheme. That's that something. There, that, that's going to help you to understand it. Okay, certain things we can learn from that. And propaganda well, is primarily directed at a uh, Western culture. And so they'll act in in certain contexts. They'll be they will allow truth to get out there outside of Western culture because it's less of a threat. Yeah. You'll see you'll see examples of this. It's not true across the board because in some, like for instance, China, there's a shutdown of a lot of things, but it's categorical. Oh, the, the fish thing is actually 153, not 156. Oh, it's 153, yeah. Oh, okay. So that that's probably why I didn't come. No, that's why I didn't come across that before when I was searching at them. Because I, okay, if I had it doesn't to, line up then. No, but like I said, I mean, it appears in Ezra when it talks about the 
um, what's his name? Mesh. I just had it up a minute. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, McBish. Well, I need to do more research about that name, actually. Hmm. But yeah, that's the only two places I can find it occurring in actual scripture. And the other time in Palms 119 is not actually in the text, just the, the verse number. I just found it interesting, because obviously we can make assumptions of where the verse numbers came from. And it's just interesting that Psalms and 119, Yeah, that's Everything my assumption. So I've actually said on the podcast um, two or three times now, and this is one of the most radical statements that you can make, that our Bible comes from the Illuminati. And then I'll qualify that by saying that, um, you know, with God's guidance, and then I'll qualify it further by saying uh, our Bible is precisely, um, is exactly what God wanted, you know, with absolute precision. Yeah, he just said it through the limit. Because you got to remember, I mean, you don't hear people talk about this. This is incredibly important. I did mention this yesterday. Um, we lost access to the Bible, Dave. And Christians actually believe this, but they're not—they're not processing what they're supposed to believe very well. Isn't mm-hmm. it true that Christians believe that the Roman Catholic Church took away the Bible from the common people, yeah, and then they, they Latinized the language? And that, see, what we're not hearing is they made the people illiterate. Not even How that. I mean, that? you'd have to be very high up in the Catholic Church to actually even understand the Latin. The people that we even pre- um, like the teachers, would be given a basic understanding of Latin just to sort of parrot off what they'd learned, but not enough to actually fully understand what they were doing, really. And then the layman is completely lost in the dark, really. Yeah. And we've talked about how it's a satanic language. That's not too hard to prove because it's in the Black Mass. I don't think the Black Mass is as important as people think it is. It's pretty low-level type but stuff. The point I was making about the verse breaks and all that is obviously there's a few verses and numbers which seem to have been coded on purpose. So that's why I wanted to have significant. Oh, yes, you can definitely see like that. Revelation like 9-11, for example, is where it's talking about, you know, Polyon the Destroyer being over the, you know, the Angel of the Abyss, that verse. Mm-hmm. Which is why it made me think about the the point where I found Psalms one nineteen one five six because it is like one nineteen reverse, and I keep seeing one five six in uh, films and stuff. But since the oh, really well, but what like you I said, should do, Dave. I'm a really good. Uh, I'm got a good a good Google searcher. So what I recommend is put do a phrase search on Google. Put just put the number one twenty three and see what you. Or excuse me, one fifty six and see what you get. The whole thing, you know, those three things, the number. If you don't get anything, it's, it's, it can't be that significant. Yeah. Um, I'll have a look. In front of a computer? Yeah, yeah, I'm just doing it now. Um, the number 156. Yeah, there's like hits for the Gamatria database, um, properties of the number. Somebody talking about they freak out when they see the number one five six. I read that. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, the main thing I found is where well, else the Crowley's relating it to Babylon. So that would make sense why they're shoving it in the films because like it's the coming of Babylon. It's a coded way of sort of mentioning that. And if people aren't looking for it, they're not really going to see it. That's probably why I've just started noticing it because I've been trying to research the number and then I'm just like, what? This is this is in films and TV and stuff. 
Okay, one thing you need to do, Dave, is um, find out the, uh, the letter equivalent of the numbers. For instance, um, the equivalent of the number 33 is a double C. And they're, they're throwing out double C's at us, but actually they're disguising the double C with the number 33. Well, That's so what's going on. The letter equivalent of 100, of 50, and of 6. I'm not sure. Because that's normally how it's written, isn't it? I can't be around the computer right now because my my, my housemate just went to bed. <laughs> so I okay. can't go up there and talk because he's in bed sleeping. So i got to stay downstairs. So. That's fair enough. Fortunately, he's a night owl, man. And here he is going to bed. It's like 3.30. I mean, it's fantastic, you know. Plus, he works and he's gone all the time. Yeah. And he works at least six. Actually, this guy works seven days a week, man. He loves to work, and the guy's always gone. He's an insomniac, that's what he says, and um, the guy has got to have a massive sleep, uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the right word, but... Uh, oh, the 156... Residual, residual fatigue. Go Here we go, that's another interesting one. I just looked up the number 1.6, and it's the mathematics. Now, I'll skip all the divisors and all that kind of stuff. But if we go to prime numbers, guess what the 156th prime number is? Hmm. What? 911. 911. You've got to be kidding me. Nope. Okay, well, it would be significant just for that. Okay, now that's telling you that there's a, that's an alarm. It's a Fibonacci sequence. Oh, it's not a Fibonacci sequence. On the, ma on the most basic level, a 156 would be an esoteric alarm. A covert yeah. level. Which is why it keeps bringing me back to that verse, which I found of Palms 119.156, which is, yeah, great are the tender mercies, O Lord, taking me according to thy judgments or thy law. I need to read the whole of that. Well, we've talked about this in a podcast before, but um, you notice how there's only two references, you know, that are clear for the Illuminati. I mean, it talks about the Rephaim and stuff like that, but you yeah. notice that um, they put it in numbers. They put it in numbers thirteen thirty-three mm -hmm. when it mentions Nephilim the second time after the flood, and then the first time they put it in Genesis six. So you've got a six. And then you notice in John yep. 6, where you have the 70, and they abandon Jesus, which is a type of apostasy. And guess what verse that happened in? John 6, 66. And then you notice that the beast is in what chapter of Revelation? 13. You'll notice that there's 39 Old Testament books. And there's 13 books that are supposedly mm -hmm. written by the Apostle Paul if you don't account, count Hebrews. Now, they're determining, yeah. you know, that's, that there's, they're, t they're giving you, you know about the number 39. They're, they're telling you something. When they give you the number 66 in the canon, and the 39 and the 13, you know what they're telling you, the basic message? We de it's a boast. We determined the canon. But they really didn't, because God did. But he did it through them. And all those numbers communicate that. They're telling you how we got the Bible. We lost access to the Bible. They created it. It's a diaspora Bible. It's imperfect. 
I mean, you know, the best example of a DS4 Bible is the King James Bible. I talked about this in the podcast. The King James Bible is the, the Bible that God has used the most, more than any other Bible, to, to change the hearts of men down through Christian history. Yep. Now, this is my opinion, Johnny, okay, because we probably disagree on this. Okay, because see, in the DS4, everything is gray. There's nothing perfect. It's like good and bad. Of, it has like a good and bad side for like everything. So what's the bad side of the uh, King James Bible? Well, first of all, it was created by Illuminati, but that's not that big of a deal because lots of Bibles are created by Illuminati. But it has Illuminati Bible code in it. That code is not from God. It's from the Illuminati. And that's my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, that, here's the thing. Uh, the King James Bible either has a unique stamp from God that has to do with, um, you know, a, a letter spacing, or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, the code is still there. So you got people running around trying to say, well, there's no such thing as a Bible code. They don't know what they're talking about. You can prove it with computers. But what happens if it's not from God? Well, we know it's from the Illuminati. So what we want to try to do is get discussion going, because it's not happening. Is it from God or is it from the Illuminati? But it's the only English Bible that has it. How did that happen? Did you know something? That code is very important if it's not from God. I don't believe it is. Because it's telling you that whoever put that code in there, they had vast intelligence. that would be comparable to computer technology. And this actually supports my view of a subterranean civilization. Because where are these guys? You know, If they're hiding on the surface, they're doing a good job. You know? Cause, I mean, you know, we're talking 16th century here. Where's this technology coming from, you know? So that's interesting. So anyway, the Illuminati has their, their, their handprint on the Bible, and we can see that in the chapter headings. Remember, there was no chapter headings at one time. And the verses. All the numbers in the Bible, except for the ones that are in the actual text itself, uh, those came later, according to what we're told, and they came from, guess who? The Roman Catholic Church. They have Wikipedia articles on, like, um, I think they say it happened in the 12th century with the chapter headings. But, you know, at one time they didn't exist. They don't have them in the Hebrew manuscripts. So there you go. And now, just, just like, you know, where did the vowel... Uh, where did the vowel points come from? Well, that came from the Masoretes, right? Well, I'm saying the Masoretes were Illuminati in some sense. So they deliberately corrupted the Hebrew. We don't have... We've got a later corrupted Hebrew. And people think that's a good thing that they change the vowel points, you know, like in the Tetragrammaton. Because it makes it easier to read for a layperson, right? So that's... No. A purist will tell you, you know, they corrupted the text. And I don't understand this, but um, they say, if I remember correctly... It actually um, makes the text read it hard to understand sometimes. I don't understand how that works, but well, words, it screwed things, screw things up. I don't understand it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can see the, the Illuminati handprint on the Bible. It's amazing. 66, 39, 13, come on, man. That's supposed to be a coincidence. Well, if you're a coincidence theorist, I guess so. 
That's why I call it a DS4 Bible. In the DS4, everything's imperfect. Business as usual, expect it. Don't expect perfection anywhere. It's not going to be there. So don't don't be disappointed. Because you know, some people, I mean, if they found out that the Bible was not perfect, that could collapse their belief system. I thought God infallibly preserved it. Preserved enough, anyway. Now, you can't translate um, one language perfectly into another language. That's just absurd. But, uh, you know, I believe that in the, in the New Testament they were translated from Aramaic to Greek to English. But English is not a very expressive language. It's been deliberately weaponized. And so you've got a lot of problems there along the way. So, Anything else going on? No, I was just quickly Google searching the bish and what his name means. It's just ex- height or exalting. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to see if 1.6 appears anywhere in the Apocrypha. I can't see anything. Wow, well, that's interesting. Uh, have you put in, like, the number 911 and put uh, 156 in Google? Um... There's a car, parts or something. Mine had that one five six exhaust gas. No, it's got something to do with the Porsche one five six, I guess. Or the Porsche nine eleven, I don't know. I don't really know much about cars. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it like a proper search. Um yeah, it's just a for ancient cars. But if I'm I do one one nine then it just comes up with Psalms one nineteen. Yeah, so no, not really. <clears throat> Same problem if I yeah, do image searching for it. I can't find image searches for one point six because it comes up with a car model. Maybe that's all it is. That's why I'm not getting very far. But that's interesting alone, just with the whole prime numbers thing being the hundred and fifty six prime number is nine eleven. Well, I'm sure there's some interesting uh, mysteries about the number of 9-11, so you could take it from there and go even further. I haven't looked into that, by the way. Yeah, it's just, I mean, like I just said, the fact that the way the verse headings are labeled, 119-156, is there. And then if you flip those two and look at the number properties, they, they are 156 is the prime, you know, the 156 prime number is 9-11. So there's obviously something going on there. Well, I mean, I will you that um, all the, 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 the numbers in the alphabet, they're all sexual. And the reason that's not apparent, because like the first number might, might come in your mind, you go, what are you talking about, Dave? A one is a phallus or whatever. But they, they had distinct shapes at one time, and they, the shapes have been corrupted over time. So at one time it was more obvious. Yes, now stop and think. Where did our alphabet and number numerical system come from? Illuminati. <laughs> Same old thing. Yeah. That's why I like to say that one of the very few things that have not been corrupted, God says, no, you're not going to touch that, is the seven-day week. Because they, they would have screwed that up, too. If he, if he had allowed that, he says, no, you're not going to touch that. Yeah, we have to have a call. I was just going to say we were... 
they've corrupted, you know, things like astrology and the musical scale and, well, everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look around for something. It's, it's, it's pretty much everything except for the seven-day week. They've tampered with it somehow. Some kind of distortion, you know. So you don't have to look for something that's wrong. Look for something that's right. And even the seven-day week can be off. You know what I mean? Like, we could think it's a Monday when really it's a Wednesday. Well, I actually talked about that on the podcast. That's exactly what they did. That's the principle behind the, behind the, the hidden Sabbath. Stop and think. Don't, the Sabbath is important because it talks about in the future in different places like Isaiah 56. I was reading mm-hmm. it out of the Bible last night. But um, <clears throat> don't you think that they would want to corrupt it if they could? And moving it by just a day or two would be relatively easy to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can make up whole time frames and periods of time, shifting a day from here to there. I mean, all it would take is like, I don't know, a big township or an authority in the area, like the biggest town or city in a place, just to suddenly yeah. start telling every, everybody, all the small villages nearby, that oh, actually you're a day off, by the way. They would mm-hmm. you know, look to that kind of authority figure and be like, oh, well, we must have miscounted. And then before you know it, everyone switched over to the new dating. Mm-hmm. And they've actually lost the real the real days of the week. Well, the, you know, the falling on the right days, should we say? Yeah, Not they would codify it and try to make it difficult to hold the whole system, and then eventually people would forget about it. And this would take centuries. This is what I believe. Oh yeah, you could, you could probably, something as simple as changing the day of the week, heavy, you could probably do it in a couple of years. Once you've got everybody in a region agreeing or agreeing with you that they were wrong, and then you just spread it out even further to the you know. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what they did. It's all encompassing, man. You know, the, uh, the, the, the Jews have still got a corrupted calendar from way back in their Babylonian uh, exile. Mm-hmm. All of the names of the uh, months are Babylonian. Rosh Hashanah. Yep. That's Babylonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, these are the um, I'm talk the names of the, the the names of the feasts and the names of the months. They're, they're all Babylonian. They've never been corrected. And now my theory is is that um, they originally had a, a solar calendar. If you look in the Book of Jubilees, now there was significant representation of Book of Jubilees. In in the Dead Sea Scrolls, so they, you could tell that was important. Because, see, I'm yep. saying this is a Christian remnant, and you cannot prove that quickly, but if that was, then that's that's huge, because that was a highly respected book. But also, in the in the Book of Enoch, it's a solar calendar. And it's interesting that we know, scholars say, that the Babylonian calendar was lunar. And it appears that they didn't have a lunar calendar until they came or went to Babylon. And I also hold to the view that they corrected it back to the solar calendar because there was some restoration in Ezra and Nehemiah, and it may have been corrected mm-hmm. twice. Because um, if it was corrected then, wouldn't they also correct it in the first century? I think so. It was like there was a battle, you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, eventually they won out. Because there was a huge conspiracy going on in, in Judaism to corrupt that as well. And it became a different religion, which I call Talmudic Judaism, 
which was radically different than Second Temple Judaism. And Second Temple Judaism was actually radically different than the religion of Solomon's day. And the religion of Solomon's day had significant differences, um, especially towards the latter end, well, especially after Solomon. See, that's not Second Temple Judaism. Um, forget it. Um, but the, the religion of Moses today, so you can make the case that the Jewish religion uh, devolved from the time of Moses, um, even though it had temporal upswings. The reason There's a simple basic reason, because the Bible says that there was never a man, apart from Christ, obviously, where God spoke with face-to-face. So see, if there was a, a problem in the system, God would say, here's the problem, go fix it. You know what I mean? But after, mm-hmm. after they, Moses died, they didn't have that anymore. So corruption started to, to, to leak in to the point where in Uzziah's day, they, could, they couldn't, the, the book of the law was lost. And scholars assume that that's the book of Deuteronomy. What if it's not? What if it's a book that, um, I think it probably was, but what if it was a book that's, that we don't have either? It was temporarily restored, and it was taken away. It was a really important book, and they just stole it. You know, the reason I say that is because, and here we go again, if I remember correctly, a Wikipedia has an article on, we're the Wikipedia scholars, by the way. <laughs> um, it's just an easy reference point, because that's where everybody goes. But they actually have a list of, I believe it's 13 books in the Hebrew Scriptures that are mentioned, you know, but they're all lost, ex- with the exception of um, the book of Jasher. And there's a pseudo-Jasher. And there's another opinion that, that both the pseudo-Jasher and the Jasher, I mean, they're, not, they're unworthy texts. They're forgeries. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I think there's a good chance that the book of Jasher may be the one that survived. Pseudo-Jasher is a complete, complete farce. But um, studying the book of Joshua aside, these books are all gone. And see, here's the thing. Can we use Scripture to prove that they were not uh, infallibly inspired? How do we know? We we don't know, you see. They're not mentioned. And Christians just ignore all this, because they think that, well, we've got it all figured out. You know what I mean? We don't know that. Because they they think that God is just guiding everything, so God took care of it all. Yeah, God's taking. God's doing a real good job up there uh, stopping these chemtrails. He's not taking care of that very well because he's not. He doesn't want to. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spraying. The other alternative is that you know you have a deistic God, right? Or he's weak. Well, a space alien could stop that stuff, so it didn't have to do with weakness. <clears throat> So, got this roommate coming here that never shows up. All of a sudden, he drives up. Oops! Found another interesting thing. You know the um, <coughs> what's it called? Procession of the Equinox. That's two thousand one hundred and fifty-six years, approximately, for an age. Uh, I bet you that's a false number. Now, I've just got, I don't know what I'm reading, actually. Um, it just says, yeah, I'll read the quote. Uh, throughout the Bible, it's replete with references to an age in Eon, 
Well, the length of the zodiac roughly 2,156 years due to the precession of the equinoxes. I'm just trying to find references. Yeah, all this is just talking about the precession of the equinox. Yeah, I can't really come across anything else of interest. Precession of the equinox, I don't really understand it very well. Well, I think, I, I can't remember, is it heliocentric concept, but I know that it relates to the great year, and they've lied to us yeah. about the great year. It has the star constellations move through our visible sort of where we can see. What them. I talked about on the podcast is how to think straight about the great year. It's just real simple. Um, what's important is to determine if if the great year is important. And there's a great work out there, which I have by a couple of scholars called Hamlet's Mill, and the thesis of that book is that. Um, Ancient belief systems were largely centered around the concept of this great cosmological cycle, which we call great year. So, so now we know it's important. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's go to step two. If you learn, uh, the deep conspiracist view is that the Illuminati will lie about anything that's important to them or important to you. Every time. Unless God prevents them. Okay? So now we, now we know they're going to lie about the... Um, the great year, okay? And uh, so what's the most obvious thing that they would lie about, besides whether it exists or not? Mm -hmm. The length of it. So now we know they're going to put out false information, and they want their information to be prominent. It's going to be the main thing that you hear. But the dates are going to be false, so what you do is when you look out there, you see all this information, about 25,000 years, 26,000 years, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the false stuff. And you notice you don't really see any alternatives unless you really dig. And if you start digging, you notice that, uh, hold it here, there's, there's actually discussion about a 24,000-year cycle. And I believe that that's the truth. Yeah, well, Probably, yeah. It's more, I think it's more like a fractal thing, so you've probably got cycles within cycles. Those are the astrological the years that mm -hmm. make up the great year in every... This is the ancient... See, there's an ancient Hebrew zodiac, and it's represented in, like, um, synagogues and stuff like that. You know, actually mm -hmm. at the floor of the synagogue. So, yeah. I mean, that's... I don't trust that stuff 100%, but... um. I think it's generally true. They're just putting a spin on what they find. It doesn't really matter where it's from, because I think that everything has been displayed. Just had a, an interesting reply back in the group from Stephen Edmonds. Um, I'll just read it quickly. It's quite interesting. He's written one five six, and it's an important number in gematria. This number embraces terms and phrases that have to do with the awakening of our true identity. Interestingly, for your question, it includes the term. Tzol, or Tzol, I don't know how you pronounce it, T-Z-L-V-L, -L, meaning clear and lucid in Judges 7.13. You like how I mentioned it was a, like a lucid dream. And it says this word translates as cake of barley. It is used as a symbol in a dream. And then he puts some stuff about uh, 1.6 also indicates where we can discover our true self by embracing the following terms, Eden of glory, the tabernacle of congregation, Zion and closed, uh, um, I just found that interesting because it's 
So it, it also has references itself to lucid dreaming. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Stefan has some interesting things to say. Um, he's a fairly young guy, so it's going to take a long time to sift through everything. But uh, he apparently created a uh, historical... Uh, I can't say for sure, but I've never heard of it before. Um, he's got a term for it. I can't remember. It's mono-something. I don't think it's mono-humanism, but I looked yeah. it up, and he's the only guy talking about it. The, the word is used um, elsewhere, but it, it means it has a different meaning. So I think he coined it, and uh, it means that man is the apex of all reality. He's at the top. There's, you could either say there is no God. I don't think he believes that. He, I think he believes that man is God. Okay. <clears throat> kind of mind-blowing, so... If you look at his writings, I mean, he's got some interesting stuff. It's like from the Kabbalah and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's got a uh, a blog called, uh, what is it, Godchild? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'll message him and ask him as well. People are, when he posts stuff, they usually just ignore what he says because they can't relate to it. Well, that seemed to be quite relevant to what I was asking. So. He might have written a book, too. I'm not sure. Called God Child. Okay. Any more luck with getting on with Daniel Ott? Uh, no. Uh, are you going to send another thing to him and mention I was, I was going to. I was also going to okay. recommend some other people do the same. That should get their attention. Um, at least, you know, they're going to go, well, this guy is a quack or what? I mean, which is the best he would like to get somebody on there and break a sensational story. He'd love to do that. But the problem is, is getting to think that it might possibly be true. But I know that he has stuff, people on there that have sensational stories, and Mm -hmm. he knows that they're not true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he even has him on there. So there's a possibility there. What's there's no the freaking way again? that he believes all that stuff, you know. He knows it's not true. That that yeah, no, was a grab bag, man. Huh? Um, uh, room 2 is probably the best one, yeah? Or room... Oh, you put some new stuff up. What room should I given. Uh, remember that link that I gave you? And, and Go back and look at your earlier... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I gave you uh, a link. Okay. Yeah, I gave you the individual podcast. It's in room three. I gave you a link to room yeah, okay. three. It's, it's called uh, pod, podbay.fm or something yeah. like that. I'll check that through the chat. It will be on the chat. I'll use that one. Yeah, I was trying to do something like that because then that way they'll be led to stuff that's relevant to what I'm sort of uh, recommending you for. So they won't have to wade through other stuff. But it'd be good if you get some other people to do a similar thing, because I don't know quite how his recommendations work. But I imagine if he gets several recommendations for the same guest, he's going to be more inclined, they're going to be more inclined to check it out. Definitely, that would uh, yeah. get him to pay attention. Okay. You can always write a little anything. thing. Well, what you can do, you can add the other podcast link. I sent you both of them. The one where you're the on there talking is- about seeing it. It doesn't... Oh, yeah, I could do two separate requests, but the form only gives you space to put in one link the name of the oh, person you're link. recommending and their 
and their email address. So it doesn't even give me a direct email address that I could just copy and then write my email. So I'd have to kind of do a format of their, their little form. But imagine if you've got a fair few people to, even if it's just like three or four people to do it, because they will have unique email addresses. Because if I just keep sending it, they're going to realize it's the same person over and over again requesting you as a guest. Whereas I imagine if they have, um, you know, more people, they're a bit more inclined to check it out. Well, it's going to be important for Johnny. Johnny will see it, and uh, it's important for him to get on there and talk about it, which he will. Um, because I guarantee, not once, but two different times, 100% chance that he's going to see it. And he will, unless he has a very short lifespan. <laughs> as long as the conditions are right, it's not that well, difficult to see. But if there's a lot of cloud cover, you, it's, you're not going to see it. So. We'll be back in one sec, Dave. I've just spilled a drink on the floor. I've got to go mop it up quickly. Okay. Back in a sec. Still awake, Johnny? Yeah. I like David's uh, accent. Uh, it's always nice to have somebody with a British accent calling into your podcast. <laughs> I was saying to Johnny earlier that all, you know, speaking of all the numbers that are screwed up, but all the longitudes and latitudes, they're all false. Because those only fit on a perfectly spherical Earth. Mm -hmm. And they're taking uh, what is basically just a, what's the word? Um, you know, the start point, there, their zero point is just... Um, <laughs> It's what's the word? You know, where you just uh, you just pick it. I mean, it could be starting from anywhere. If you see what I mean, if, even if it, if you take the model of it being spherical, uh, where do you start counting from? If you see what I mean. Now, it's possible they're actually based on a slightly oblate spheroid, and they just fool you about uh, you know that it, that it has to do with spherical Earth. That's possible. I don't have a problem with that. But I I, I think that. Um, yeah, this is a good fine. example of truth in the middle where they're going to they're create the polarizing extremes where you've got a perfect sphere or something perfectly flat. And no middle choice at all. And if you have a conspiratorial right. mind, that will tell you that um, the, uh, the curvature of the Earth, it's in between somewhere. <laughs> this is basic common sense because they're trying to fool the masses, you know, who are not thinking at all. I sent something Chris McKean's the other day which he hadn't before uh -huh. regarding cosmology and stuff. You know how a lot of the apparent measurements of the Earth are encoded in the Great Pyramid? Yeah. Like time Matter of fact, um, Patrick Flanagan, I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but he wrote a book uh, in the late 60s called The Pyramid Power, and he said that the, um, the length of the Great... No, no, that's not true. He said the circumference of the Earth is encoded into the, into the Great Pyramid, which is possible. They give us a false cosmology, and it's possible they could actually tell us the true cons cir uh, circumference because we're so far off base, it's not really going to help you much anyway. I don't know but about the that. Point, 
the point I was going to make is, um, along with all the measurements they give, they say the curvature of the Earth is encoded within the sides of the pyramid because they are actually slightly curved. Now, interestingly, they're not convex, they are concave, so they're actually curved in. And when you look at the rest of the measurements they're giving, they're exact numbers. Not They don't have to be flipped or anything. But then when they come across to talking about the curvature, they're like, oh, yeah, but we have to flip it from uh, concave to convex. But other than that, it's the same same number. I just found it interesting. I sent it off to Chris because I didn't know if he'd come across it before, and apparently he hadn't come across it before. So if I get on a big show like... Uh you know, the Edge Radio, uh, you'll see me um, tone things down a bit. And what I'm going to present is that, um, you know, it's, uh, the true shape of the Earth, the true curvature, is somewhere in between a perfect sphere and a, uh, a flat Earth. And what I'm going to say, it could be concave or it could be uh, convex. But uh, the evidence points, in my estimation, that it's rel- relatively shallow with either model, whichever one you want to go to, it's, it's not very radical of curvature. Now, I have a new conspiracy theory, because um, I was talking to Johnny. Oh, you haven't heard this about this, Johnny. I didn't know about this myself. So, Johnny and I did a podcast together, and I, and I talked about the Flanagan sensor, uh, which is what I, the medallion that I wear the most. It's designed to you can sleep with it, you know? <laughs> It's made out of pewter and doesn't have copper. And so anyway, um, I thought that he um, has not put out a uh, medallion since 2001. You know, a sensor? That's not true. I believe it in 2008, he made a new sensor. Okay, now here's the thing. I didn't know this, Johnny. But now, if you remember that podcast I did with you, I think it's called uh, Behind the Scenes from a Deep Conspiracist View. That's a really good one, and that's, that's the reason why I pushed the record button, because that was like all unplanned. We didn't even think anything was going to happen, and it was a really, really good podcast. But anyway, um, I, uh, I was saying, I was developing a conspiracy theory that after 9-11, it, you know, you can, you can readily prove that it, it impacted the consciousness of, you know, primarily America, but also the world, especially in the Western world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that that's going to, re- it's going to, re- even though they, they're the ones that caused it, they're also, they're also going to have a response. They're going to make modifications and adjustments. It's going to expand consciousness. See that? Awareness. You're going to look at things from a different perspective. And that's why this Fred Bell guy, I have his advice. It's similar, but he yanked it and, uh, Flanagan did the same thing. So that was my theory. You know, it's somewhat tenuous. But anyway, there's more support for it now. Because what I was saying, my overall theory was that, basic theory was that um, the Illuminati is, is they're putting these devices out there. They're allowing them to be there, like, you know, energy tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they're primarily, or ideally, for lower Illuminati. Because the upper Illuminati, they have their own industry just like they have their own, uh, you know, media. They don't They don't use ours. They have their own. It's all secret. It's just like they have their own Internet, right? And you're yeah. going to assume that it has direct access to their brains, right? And uh, so, yeah. And so, anyway, um, the reason I'm saying this is because 
he created this sensor called, I believe it's a Sensor 7. I think that's the name of it. Oh, I think so, yeah. But anyway, what I was saying is that they make these devices, they create these devices in such a way that, that, that the common man doesn't have access to them. And so guess what? He comes up with a new, a new sensor, but guess what the price is? 800 bucks. 800 bucks for a medallion? Yeah, it's a thick price one. Nice people up. That's supporting that conspiracy theory that I had. So they don't want people to have this kind of stuff. Because he can easily manufacture these things in mass to make money. And he's not doing it. And I'm saying that somebody's handling him. Okay, and he has to have permission to do everything. So here's, but here's my my new theory. Uh, you'd have to go to uh, like Google Images or Bing Images to look at this medallion. And this medallion, somewhat shockingly, is lining up with my current theory of what the Earth actually looks like. It's, it's a it's a near flat Earth. It's it's slightly. Uh, concave. Now, here's the thing about this medallion. According to what they are told, and I'm going to say there's some validity to this whole thing. He Supposedly, he worked on this for years and running tests on it to see what kind of energy signature it produces. And it's supposed to be, you know, I mean, they're presenting it as the ideal device to create this unique energy signature, which it took him years to study, okay? Um, if that's true, then you could develop the theory that he's on to something. You could also theorize that the information was given to him. Or that he did even, he doesn't create these devices at all. He's just a, a figurehead for public consumption. We, we don't know, okay? But if this is some kind of significant, if that curvature is significant, then you could develop the theory that that's the true shape of the Earth, because the, the Earth uh -huh. should have a superior energy signature based on its shape. You see that? And that medallion could be a little mm -hmm. Illuminati psyop to actually, the elite wear them around and it actually reveals the true shape of the Earth. And it's not not wink because no, not not wink wink because nobody can process it. This yep. would be compatible with the theory that, I believe it's called Sensor 7. But all you have to do is just put Flanagan and Sensor, and you should see the new one. It's real thick. Flanagan, Flanagan, okay. Okay, I found it, yeah. Is it Sensor 7? Uh, that's what I do. Yeah, it's kind of like a spiral sort of design, yeah? Yeah, notice how it has these little pyramids on it. Yeah, I'm just looking at it, you know, so. <clears throat> Well, that's what the, that's what the older... Fred Bell came. He was he's he's dead now, and uh, but he was Illuminati. He actually basically confessed that he was, but he was creating these kind of um, devices too for lower Illuminati. You know, how do we know that? Well, shit, the guy was making medallions that cost up to ten thousand dollars, and he has pictures yeah. of Hollywood uh, movie stars wearing them. Does that sound like they're creating this for the common man? What was it made out of? Uh, it's it's got gold on it. It's got uh, I'm not sure what the uh, inner metal is, but it's mm -hmm. I don't you know, 
certain carat of gold. Still not not worth ten thousand dollars, is it? Now, you know, Chris McCombs, he uh, he's been emphasizing the flat Earth lately a lot, and I'm trying to get him to think more along of a uh, a shallow bowl. But that sensor there would be very close to it. Yeah, the sensor disc. What's called reflects the movement of consciousness in and out of our grid reality. It was about safety geometry. I just found a website regarding the geometry of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting conspiracy theory that I came up with there. Combining the sensor with cosmology? Whoa. I haven't told Chris about that yet either. And I haven't mentioned it that I found out that there was a, a new sensor. So, yeah, Johnny, aren't you encouraged that you can go out and buy a sensor now? For 800 bucks? Are you low, lower a level Illuminati? You hear me? If you are, you should be able to afford it. <laughs> That's a ridiculous Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. You know, he's, he may be putting enough high-quality gold on it that it's actually worth that much. But that's the thing, you see. It's still putting out of people's reach. So they, they can't mm-hmm. benefit from it. So I thought that was really curious because I didn't know the device existed, but it's actually validating my conspiracy theory. And I'll still say it's a theory, you know. That's very interesting. Trying to find pictures of people wearing it. Mm-hmm. Also, you can look at, uh, you can put in Paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-Y-N-E. That's the company that Fred Bell came up with. Because they're still selling his products, yeah. even though he died. Fred Bell is like a little Tesla, a poor man's Tesla. Yeah. You could tell that his father was very important, and he was because he was working on secret projects. Unless unless they faked all that, because they they can they can actually fake all that. You know, if they can um, <clears throat> see, I don't believe that JFK. Uh, you know the story about him on the PT boat. I think it's all fake. So, I mean, if they can fake something like that, then they can fake Fred Bell's history as well. Look what they did with Einstein. They just manufacture these people, you know. Yeah, the icons of the era sort of thing. Well, they control all the information, so it's not it's not that difficult. Now, we could actually put this podcast up, but what you do it, you run it through Audacity, and they have a little uh, a program there where you can take out, just with one, a push of one button, you can take out all the dead air. So okay, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. We've never done it before, but that, this would be a good one for that, because this is actually good enough for, like, room two. Mm-hmm. Well, people, you know... 
that haven't heard this kind of thing, they would be interested. I mean, that theory that I just presented there, that's, that's a good one, you know. That is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I'll have a little research into that guy. Sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Fred Bell? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which guy? Um, Flanagan and Bell are both interesting. I, I believe they're both Illuminati. Yeah, well, now, it's possible. You know, it's possible that they they actually don't know that. I, I, I don't believe that at all. I think they I think they know. They could both be programmed and have a limited awareness. That, 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 see, see, I believe that everybody's programmed. The the parents oh. program their children. And so yep. they all have they all have compartmentalized minds and that means they all have limited information. So this is just standard procedure. It's not like, you know, are we looking around for somebody that's programmed? They're all programmed. The way they do it. That that's the way they can yeah, control it. Mm-hmm. Now there's um there's lower level Illuminati. Like people that get into the uh, Hollywood industry and pop stars, mm -hmm. uh, they're of the bloodline, but their their parents didn't program them because they're not really practicing Satanists. They're just from the bloodline, so um, they may program them later, but they don't come into the industry program. They haven't been programmed yet, but they just have yeah, blood, yeah. You know? well, maybe certain individuals in the family get sort of tapped, shall we say, to um, they yeah. see the potential that kind of thing. They're typically Otherwise like half-breed. Yeah. Well, I imagine uh, they've got oh, yeah. Well, they're all over the place. Uh, they've got a significant amount of Illuminati bloodline, but um, not really all that big of a deal, but they have enough of it that the Illuminati will still promote them mm -hmm. and use them, whether they understand what's going on or not. Yeah, they've got a few perks, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And they kind of have a uh, somebody up there likes me attitude. They can't, you know, like quite figure out, you know, why am I so favored? Because they don't have knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's in the stars. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone's promoting you. Uh, David Bowie. I just remember this. On his 1975 Young Americans album, one of the best songs on that album was called "Somebody Up There Likes Me." Yes, he. Do you ever get into uh, Bowie, Johnny Galvin? No, never. I don't like. I think so. I didn't see any immediate response uh, to you. I do like Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth, I like. Oh, well, there you go. Now that that is yeah, classic Bowie. That's one of the main, uh, primary uh, mind control uh, related movies that's ever been done, supposedly. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a lot of um, ties to MKUltra. Vigilant Citizen does a whole, I know he's not the best to go to, but he does a breakdown of the movie website. <clears throat> it's better than anyone else I found out there. Obviously, he's going to miss some of the civilization and mm -hmm. take off their beaten path a little bit, but um, it's still an interesting read nonetheless. A lot of symbolism in that. Yeah, he would be a good yeah. example of what I call a, you know, tier two. 
Yeah. But I, I, think, yeah. I think he's in on it. Um, well, I, I think this, you can see this whole thing sped up in the last 10 years. When I first started researching this kind of stuff, you didn't need people like Vigilance in the battle. It's, it seems to be there to sort of wake the masses up to the low-level stuff. That kind of exposure to hierarchy, um, you know, Ask Daily and all that sort of stuff. It's basically the public and it gets to a point where they think they know stuff, but they really don't because they're just, yeah. just being moved up. And that's all that's happening. Well, what you see is he's, he's, it's like if you were to theorize that he's probing the veil, um, it should at some point he should pierce the veil. Yeah, it's statistically improbable that he should never pierce it, but he always seems to stay on the outer rind and never quite get it. So now, going, is this guy lacking knowledge, or is he withholding information? I believe he's withholding Or is he doing it to appear not too over the top to keep his fan base? Yeah, there's lots of postulations you can make about it. But, um, yeah, there it are. Does seem, it does seem that he's holding back in some respects, or he knows more than the stuff he points out is the same old, same old. It's all like hand signals. Oh, look, there's a lightning bolt. It's all the, but he never really explains any of the deeper stuff, which you can go out of your way to find. I suppose he's quite good as a entry level for people, these kind of topics, but you'd have to move on from them fairly quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, Alex Jones has value. And so does, uh, it gets you thinking in an alternative way, but you've got to move past it. You've got to keep... That's the problem a lot of people, people just get... Pat themselves on the back because they compare themselves with the sleepers mm -hmm. and they congratulate themselves that they're doing well, if you start thinking right. along these lines at all, you're actually in a very small percentage and you'll, you'll realize that. That's why I talk about the 1% of the 1%. Nobody's even talking about that. Mm -hmm. That's like too small. I'm saying, you know, where's the deep conspiracists? How many deep conspiracists do we have? Well, it's not 1%. Okay. Yeah. Um. The other day, um, have you ever heard about oh. like productions? And uh, and would you mind if um, your information that you posted to the group would go on GLP for them to find out, or for them, anyone over there to report in if they uh, have anything significant to say about eleven and one five six? Um. So <clears throat> you say that again, John. You're so quiet in my phone. Sorry, I'm asking if. Uh, you're familiar with Godlike Productions? Yep. All right. Would Would you be comfortable if the information you put to the group go to Godlike Productions? I know what they know. Oh yeah, it's fine. Go for it. I don't mind. Okay. Yeah, go for it. That's if they let you post. <laughs> Check this would actually good be a good podcast to see how well that uh, program in Audacity works. It cuts out the data here. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, feel free to post it up if you want to, Johnny. That's fine. All right. I haven't really come across much yet. I'm going to do some more um, more looking into it. I mean, obviously, we've just found a few things on air while we've just been talking. Um, I'll put over the link with a couple of things I've found as well into the comment section. There's uh, the page for like, the number 156 where it goes into the fact that 156 is the prime number. I'll add that on. And there was another page I had open. I'll try and add that into. I've got so many tabs open. I'm just trying to find it. Um, 
I can't find the other page, but I'll, um, I'll add it into the comments section. I'll go back through my history in a minute. You know, you worry about dead air, but uh, Hawksbusters is, is my favorite podcast, and uh, they have significant periods of dead air on there. And, and it doesn't bother me. But I'm concerned about bothering the people. It's kind of funny. You know? <clears throat> I think it does bother some people. It just doesn't bother me. I'm a patient person. <laughs> well, right, I'm going to have to go in a minute, guys, because I've got to make some lunch and stuff. Hey. Yeah, it's time to go, man. We've been talking for five hours plus yeah. easily. Oh, yeah. Well, my phone will go for at least four and a half hours before it starts beeping, so that's how long we've been talking. Except it starts it's beeping right away. It beeps every 50 seconds. So let me ask you a question, Dave. Um, if someone else came in here, or if I just wanted to have an, another phone without buying a... I'll put minutes on a cell phone. I've got, you know, got a working cell phone. Um, you, you cannot put a... Uh, a uh, Another mobile phone upstairs that, that just, they won't pay for the installation, anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, c- can you can't you get like a splicing type thing, like a Radio Shack? That's what we have over in America, and set up two mobile phones downstairs by the TV. Couldn't I do that? And the battery gets. Oh, you just grab the other. You got those can't like you splice it. Uh, you got one of those portable sort of like you pick them up and walk around things, yeah. Yeah, a mobile, yeah. You mean splice it as in two different phone lines? You have to. So yeah, so you could hook both phones up to it to, to one jack. You can do that, can't you? Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Um, you wouldn't be able to make two independent phone calls with them. In other words, you wouldn't have two working phones at the same time. I'm just talking about keeping no. both batteries charged. Oh yeah, you. I could. Yeah, that would make. You could do that because uh, yeah. if you've got a splitter pulling the power from the um, from the phone yeah. line, so it would still charge it. But yeah. uh, to be honest, quite a lot of those chargers don't they have wall mount plugs as well, because the voltage coming through the phone line is quite low. Normally, they have okay. a little um, a plug in the wall charger thing that goes into the back of the the, the charging dock. Mm-hmm. So in which case, okay. you well, I, I could potentially do that. Yeah. Okay. They got to solve this problem somehow. I can't keep doing this crazy stuff. What's we'll that? It's, it's you know. It's one thing to advertise that you need help. It's another thing to advertise, I'm poor, I'm poor, I'm poor. I'm poor in a highly materialistic culture. Because in our culture, if you're poor, uh, you know, it's all about success. And Dave, you know, you're, you're a big failure, a loser, Dave. Come on. You, you, know. you had to find a wired old telephone for free. You quite often see them in skips and stuff when people are like clearing out offices and things like that. <laughs> I haven't told you this, like but pre- Johnny, Johnny, I don't know if it was Johnny was drunk or what the heck, but he rebuked me on my birthday, on Christmas Eve, not <laughs> on Christmas long Eve. before Christmas. He asked me to come on the podcast, and he uh, rebuked me for uh, basically not going out and get a job and marrying Connie, because that's to him that's foolish. But he, there's the whole backstory. Yeah. I think I've told some of it to you, where God made it mm-hmm. perfectly clear, I do not want you to work, because he allowed them to screw up my Social Security code. I had no Social I had no access. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get a card, you know? Yeah. I knew what the number was, but it wouldn't, 
enter the system. Nothing could work. And so I had to wait. Well, God allowed that. Why'd that happen? You know, and then I had to get a driver's license. And uh, every time that I would make my needs known to people, they would give me precisely the money for rent and not one dollar more, even though I let people know. And so eventually, a non-Christian woman helped me. Leanne, she's in the group. So I went out and got the driver's license, and then the thing wouldn't show up in the mail. And I believe that the housemaid here stole it, you know? And I had a heck of a time just trying to get the thing in the mail. Finally, I got the thing in the mail, and right around that time, Chris McCune, let me just back up here. I assumed that God wanted me to work because I... Things had changed now. I'm out of the house. i got to support myself. Things are different, Dave. Wake up. You know, face reality. This long period of studiousness has come to an abrupt end. you got to support yourself. This is God's will now. You know, you need to gain some life experience, whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. You've been out of the mix too long, and you're going to be married, and uh, you need to be responsible. This is, so this is good practice, Dave. So that's what I was thinking. I never thought that God didn't want me to work. But Chris said that uh, he asked, and uh, he, he was told that God doesn't want me to work, which I which surprised me because if he was just in the flesh, you would think he would agree with everybody else because everybody was thinking this way. So that mm-hmm. motivated me to seek, seek the Lord myself, and I was showing the same thing to my surprise. So what I did after that is I decided to get a group of people together actually on talk to you to try to get some revelation on this and pray and stuff like that. And they got the yeah. same thing. We have 100% confirmation so far. And, and look at look at the Social Security thing and the driver's license. And what is this telling you? But see, in our culture, we think that work is, you know, wage earning has to be done a certain way. But they did have wage earning in the ancient world, by the way. It's actually in the Bible. <laughs> but the problem is, is that the Bible also acknowledges work that is... Um, you know, outside of a, of an industrial age concept, you, you can sit on your uh, on your butt all day and write as a scribe. You didn't mm-hmm. have to have a part time job to support yourself. We've lost that whole concept, see, because we don't have scribes anymore. Because we don't value that, and I'm saying that's by intentional design. If you look up a scribe in a Bible, that's a very very important vocation because they were actually the teachers uh, in Second Temple Judaism, and they were. Below the priests, they were the most respected people. You know, they were wise men, and uh, they didn't—they—they they weren't just copyists. So after that theocracy was destroyed, they were replaced by monks, and the monks were primary copyists. And guess what happened when the printing press came along? We lost the money. No more scribes. That was the last scribes that we had. It became archaic vocation, and now we don't have it. But here's the thing. You ask yourself, is the concept of a scribe a biblical vocation? Well, yes. <laughs> it's right in the Bible. And what I was the primary people, Go ahead. I was going to say, even people that are inclined that way towards more scribal work are now probably forced into the institutions of like universities, things like that. So they're even more heavily indoctrinated than the general public. Yeah, you have kind of a semi-scribe, but he has to fit in the system and mm-hmm. earn a wage like everybody else. 
he can't just yep. see in the ancient like a tribal system you could have a well, wise even like man. university guys they have their uh, tenure or whatever they have to do a couple of lectures but they basically have free reign to research what they want but it's in within the oh, of their subject and what the university agrees with blah 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 etc so in a sense they're oh, regulated they're, they're regulated and leashed and if they go outside those bounds they basically lose their their money and everything, so there's no incentive for them to do that. So they pretty much set up a nice trap for anyone that's inclined to do that kind of thing um, the only mm -hmm. way and survive is to go into their system. Can you imagine if you had a deep conspiracist mindset, and but you were also were uh, you know equipped to be a scholar and you try to go through the system, but you actually vocalized your beliefs? What you, well, actually, you know um, what's going to happen. Look what happened to Velikovsky. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't get very far. Destroyed him. You wouldn't go anywhere. They shut you down. Yeah. So that means I can't. Uh, I can't go the academic route and publicize the cloud behind the moon phenomena. <laughs> I can't get a government grant to reveal that to the ears. <laughs> I can't do that. No. Well, anyway, I'll let you go there, Dave. If you got to go. Yeah, I'm going to make some lunch and stuff. <coughs> I literally got what up. Time is it? Yeah, I was... What time Over is it right now? It's half past 12 at the minute. Johnny, you're okay. turning into a genuine cult follower because according to my clock, it's 7.30 your time. Yeah, it's 7.30. Oh, wait, no, no, it's 6.30. 6.30. In the morning? You guys have been up a while then. Yeah, yeah we've been talking a long time. <laughs> Maybe you should get some sleep. <laughs> it was pretty much too esoteric for a public podcast. So people are always curious. Wonder what those conversations would be like. Wow. Johnny wants to hear the stuff we don't talk about on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then he, and he, he, he uh, there's things that I can't tell him. You know, so he. He's going, what would it be like to hear all this stuff? What would this be about? So, it, it varies from individual to individual because you got to be careful because we've said some things to people and they process it, process it in the short term, but then they spit it up and it comes back to kind of bite you mm -hmm. in the rear end. So I've learned my lesson. We actually go to uh, try to get um, counsel from the Lord about... When I talk about, you know, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, we even, I told Johnny earlier, we even go that far, you know, should I, should we talk about this with this person? A lot of times um, we're told no. Because usually there's there's a natural desire to communicate what you have. So you're yeah. probably going to err on the side of telling people. But when we try to seek the Lord's counsel, you get the exact opposite. We get usually no's or wait. That tells you mm -hmm. you're probably hearing from God, you see. When it goes against your natural inclination, you want to talk. Yeah, that you makes know? Sense. So. Anyway, I'll let you go, man. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Um, you popping this up on... Uh, I'm going to send you an email. Um, you know, you're a volunteer, so it's up to you, but... Um, yeah, send me an email with what uh, stuff you need. And then I can get them. This is just, this is not hard. You could take that, uh, the beeping sound out of that one sky sensor, you know, dampen it. Remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually want to leave it in there, but dampen it a little bit.
definitely yeah, maybe I'll, I'll dampen it a bit or something, yeah. I can do that. But I'll send you um, a few links or something. Johnny's working on some audio because the shows, they have a lot of uh, intro. I mean, they're long intro. It's it's like Johnny's shows, but it's 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 music right on through pretty much, and yeah. it makes the files really large. And I couldn't uh, I couldn't upload them in a talk shoe, so he's uh, he's splicing those, splicing off the uh, the intros. They got music in okay. the middle of them too. Okay, I'll let you guys go. Okay. Is the is the blog talk? Wait one second, um, Johnny. Is your blog talk uh, blog uh, blog talk page back up and running? Because I couldn't get any of the new shows off it when I tried the other day. Yeah, I think Dave just has to give you the link to that. Give him the link to that. that I think that's a private one or something. Okay, but no, I had uh, put the feed into like one of my applications, and it showed up the podcast, the the second lot you did with Dave, or whatever. But I, when I go on the normal computer, it doesn't even show up, and it won't let me download it from the RSS feed either. They're hiding it to irritate, irritate me. That's my theory. They are okay, hiding still. It. I'll check back on a couple of days and see if it works then. Well, Sorry, I don't think I have the link. Johnny gave me the link. If you if you click on this link, um, it will take you there. I don't think I gave it to you, so I'll do that. After yeah, you sent. Did I send? Yeah, you can do it again. You did. You sent me a link um, the first time you were on the show. I don't know uh, if that goes directly a, to the page. This is a specific link that goes to a specific show, not the general Okay, yeah, show. do that then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Okay, I'll let you go. See you guys later. Okay, take it easy, guys. Bye. Yep. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.